0: This podcast is brought to you by Cross Catholic Outreach. Last year, Cross Catholic Outreach provided over 30 million meals to families in need around the world. Join us in our global effort to reduce material and spiritual poverty. Learn more at crosscatholic.org/bless.
1: Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called brutally honest, truly inspiring, profound, heartbreaking, and life-changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhaer.com, on amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change and start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered today. Welcome to Journey with Judy, a weekly podcast filled with faith infused inspiration, information, and an opportunity for implementation. Now, here is speaker, coach, author, and host, Judy Hare.
0: Hello, thank you for journeying with Judy on the Journey with Judy podcast. You can catch us live on Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. I am your host, Judy Hare. I am a speaker, author, coach and host, and most importantly, a child of God. Also, married to Bob and the mother of four children. Tonight's podcast is the PPP. No, it is not the loan, my friends. The PPP, it is not the loan. Rather, it is the PPP, the very thing that often gets the best of me. So, can you relate to being tempted? Hands up if you are ever tempted. Thank you, my friends. And so I brought this little thing that sits on my desk and it says, lead me not into temptation, I can find it all by myself. Well, you do not need to lead me because I can find it all by myself. So I thought of an example that would be appropriate uh, for tonight's starting story, which I love to do. And I was thinking about the times, the many times, the multiple times, the more often than not times, that I pull up to a railroad track, and I hear the siren, I even see the lights, I even see the gates coming down, and what do I do? I go anyway, I just go anyway, and then I blame somebody else or pretend like I didn't see it coming. And that is so interesting because that's kind of where temptation leads us. Now, that wouldn't be my greatest sin for sure. However, the thing about sin is it appears to be good, pleasing, and desirable, right? It just appears to be good, pleasing, and desirable. And when we sin, the enemy wins, okay? So the enemy works in the most subtle ways and has these like uh, very, very sneaky tactics of how to get the best of us. So sometimes, he can really wreak utter destruction in our lives. Okay, those of you who know me, you know. I have lived a life of utter destruction. I am so happy to say by the grace of God, typically I cannot be destroyed by the enemy in utter destruction. I can typically be led into temptations of doubt, discouragement, and despair. So those three Ds, are always kind of just running in the background for me when I allow the devil to get a foothold. So let's define temptation. Temptation, by definition, is when we take God-given desires beyond God-given limits. When we take God-given desires beyond God-given limits. So when we are tempted, we have this desire to do something contrary to right reason. We have a desire to do this thing and we know that we know that we know it just is not okay. And typically we blame the enemy for leading us into those places that we say we didn't want to go, yet we find ourselves going there more often than not. So I would propose that compromise does not lessen our tension. It weakens our resolve. So when we give in to doubt, discouragement, despair, or any temptation for that matter. It doesn't necessarily lessen the tension. It weakens our resolve to stay resolved to doing the next right thing rather than what's contrary to right reason. So I would propose that discipline now makes for self-control later. Discipline now would make for self-control Later. And so, if we're going to survive these seasons of temptation, there's a few things we need to know. Number one, I would propose that we are most powerfully tempted on the other side of a mountaintop experience, coming off a profound experience, a season of transformation, a profound connection with people that we know or love. Oftentimes, the enemy is waiting on the other side of that to cause doubt, discouragement and sometimes even despair. Interestingly enough, scripture tells us that Jesus himself was led, interesting, led by the Holy Spirit into the desert so he could be tested. Isn't that crazy? So we are led by the Holy Spirit or we are led by our own desires which oftentimes, if yours are anything like mine, they are deformed, they are malformed, and oftentimes they are not informed, well-informed. However, when we have these serious seasons of temptation, we are told by the word of God in scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, we are never, ever, no matter whatever, tempted beyond a way out. So we could be led to the brink of, of what we feel like we just can't live without or do without and scripture says, actually there is always every time a way out. So interestingly enough, I would say that I'm not the only one who endures this kind of temptation. Um, it sometimes it seems exclusive to me, the truth be told, the enemy knows when we are weak and yet we trust that God's strength is made Perfect. His power made perfect in our weakness. So is there really a way out? I would propose that if we are giving in to temptation versus giving it up to God, that's where we might get disconnected. My mother, Lord rest her soul, used to say, give it up, give it up. She told us, just give it up. Everything was about giving it up, right? And there's something about giving it up that sometimes feels like we're giving in. So, Jesus was tempted in three things. This is the 3 P's, not the PPP loan, rather the 3 P's of temptation. Number 1, I would say Jesus was tempted with passion. His passions were tempted. This the strong uncontrollable desire that we have is our passion. The devil also offered Jesus power. Right, Power is the ability to perform and accomplish things that we didn't know or believe we could or would. And finally, Jesus was tempted much like us by the devil in the area of pride. So the feeling of pleasure from an achievement that we tend to want to take credit for. So those of you only know how hard it is to try to resist the devil. You know how strong it is when you try to resist temptation. You know how strong it is when you are trying to resist because what we resist, my friends, persists. And there is always a way out. So here's what we believe. We believe these lies, which Jesus did not. He spoke truth about who he was, who his father was, and ultimately the enemy fled as a result of that response. Typically what we do when we feel led to temptation, we believe the lie that we are being denied something. Something that we want, something we need, something, believe, something we believe we deserve to receive, something we think we can't live without. And we all know that what we feed grows and what we starve dies. And the enemy is just such a slimy, slimy, slippery snake that he finds those things that would tempt me that, that wouldn't even impact you. So these temptations that we are led through and to oftentimes are very specific to us. I would also propose that there's some stages, right? I gave you the example of the railroad tracks. There was this stage, which are, is our initial, initial beginning. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the first thing is the temptation. The first thing is the thought. I say at that point, we're about ankle deep in the water at that place. At that point, we're just about ankle deep when it's the temptation and the thought. I would propose the middle, is the contemplation, where we're going, hmm, wonder what's being held out on me. Hmm, we start dwelling on what we want. We start rationalizing and justifying why we need it, want it, can't live without it. And about that time, we're about waist high in the water. And then lastly, I would say it all comes to an end when we activate. So it's temptation, contemplation, activation. And when we are in a place of activation, we are now acting on those thoughts that we convinced ourselves were true, when really they were lies from the pit of hell, and at that point we are over our head in the water. Because if you're anything like me, you want what you want when you want it. And so resisting temptation is way easier said than done. So will you dabble in the water, my friends? I don't know. I just know that you're first ankle deep and you always have the chance to run before it gets waist high, or over your head. So some of us say the devil made me do it. I would propose not true because scripture says when we resist the devil, he will flee. Three gospels talk about these temptations of Jesus. And what it says is when Jesus finally makes it clear that the enemy will not have his way, then, then not only did the did the devil flee, but angels came to minister to Jesus at that point. And that is what the Lord does. So I also would, would suggest that it's far easier for us to draw false conclusions than it is for us to persevere through our unfulfilled desires. I I suggest that it's far easier to just draw false conclusions, tell ourselves what we want to hear rather than persevere through our unfulfilled desires. My old spiritual companion used to say and actually texted me the other day about something. She said, I can't, you can't, God can, let them. I can't, you can't, God can, let them. So when we submit that willingly, we trust and we are saying, I can't, You can't, God can, and I am going to let him. So I also am so mindful today about what it means to be able to resist temptation when when we're in a place of a well-formed conscience. So what sources and forces are forming us, because they are impacting what we think, what we feel, what we say, and what we do. I used to say, I follow my conscience. I just informed you that it was deformed and malformed. It was not well informed. And it usually led me places that were further than I ever expected to go and cost me far more than I ever expected to pay. So, what I love about temptation, what I love about Jesus, what I love about the cross, is there's power in the cross. It dawned on me, I don't know, I would say maybe in 2003, that the cross is a plus sign. It is a plus sign because it always does one of two things. Either it allows us to endure that which we are called to go through, or it delivers us completely from it. So it's a plus plus sign every time. So here's the deal. The Lord wants us to be delivered from, in order to endure, what we thought we couldn't, the habit we can't break, the goal we can't accomplish, the project we can't complete, the relationship that has to end, the relationship that has to mend, whatever. What Jesus wants us to know is that when we endure, he is always there to give us what we need in order to succeed. So whether it's our passions, our pride, or our power, we know from last week that he is the good shepherd. He keeps his promises, he provides for us, and he protects us. And this is the thing that Jesus knew. He spoke this truth when he was challenged with being offered things that, that would never satisfy, because no desire is ever finally and fully satisfied apart from God, ever. So when the enemy promises for us to give up what we want most for what we want now, it's just a temptation that will always leave us wanting more. We speak his truth, we know his word, and we believe and perceive that we will never ever, no matter whatever, be tempted beyond what we can endure. So some of my favorite temptation quotes are, every temptation is an invitation. Every temptation is an invitation to be reconciled back to the giver of all good things, who gives us a way out of every temptation if we take it. I also want to remind you that the devil does not come dressed in a little red cape with horns. He comes dressed as everything that looks like what we want because that's the nature of sin. Good, pleasing, and desirable. Good, pleasing, and desirable. Not dressed with horns and a red cape. I would say that opportunity knocks while temptation leans on the doorbell. I would say opportunity knocks and temptation leans on the doorbell. I would also say that temptation comes through a door that's been left open. I would also share with you that I absolutely, unequivocably avoid temptation until I can't resist it. I absolutely, unequivocably can avoid every and all temptation I can until I can't. And we know, when we know that we know that we know, that your temptations are common to everyone, to all, that you are never ever, no matter whatever, given more than you can handle, and that there is always a way out. Every temptation is an invitation. And when we fall prey to those temptations, whether it's power, whether it's pride, or whether it falls in the category of possessions, all we need to do is reflect, repent, and we are restored. To get back in the ring and fight some more, because we, my friends, have the victory in Jesus. And that is the good news of the gospel.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Journey with Judy. To learn more about Judy's coaching ministry, receive a complimentary session, and other services she offers, visit JudyHair.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And remember, it's never too late to be who God called you to be. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, HALO is here to help. HALO is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel, to the rosary, to daily examines, HOLO has something for everyone. HALO is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days risk free by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox